Which team start is the most concerning? Which team start is the most surprising? And we're going to talk about who has the most on the line this season. I'm Sammy Neighbor. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you doing today, my man? Hey, man. Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you, you, and you? I'm good, man. Can't complain. John, how are you doing? Doing my best, man. Lakers are 0-3. I know we're talking about it. Begrudgingly. But I'm all right. I'm good. You are correct. We are talking about it. We are going to start off with it, actually, in your honor. The Lakers have opened 0-3, and I know this has been discussed all over the place. Offensively is clearly where the problem is. They have the worst offensive rating in the league this year by six full points at 98. Among the highlights uh, was last game, Russell Westbrook took a mid-range shot up by one with 30 seconds left against Portland, and LeBron and AD just had a look of despair when that happened. And that led to the end of that game, and a quote came out saying, the teams are viewing the Lakers now as being in a state of total desperation, and they want either both of their unprotected first-round picks, or at least one, and I think that's going to create an issue. For the season, exactly, (laughs) for the season, they are 20 of 101 from three-point land. And the sad thing about that is among ourselves, among the mainstream media, this has been discussed ad nauseum. So let's start with the Lakers. And John, I do have to kick this one off with you. What have you seen, not just from the stat line within the game, and do you see a sign of hope? Or what what can turn this around going mm. forward? Well, <laughs> the first thing is the num- the number of threes that they've taken is the most concerning thing to me because it's one thing to take that many threes if you can make them, but it's another thing to take those threes if you're not good at them at all. And the Lakers fit the ladder to a T. And I hate to do this in front of JJ and RJ, but Steph Curry ruined the league. He ruined my Lakers. He ruined everybody because now they all think that they can shoot three-pointers when they can't. They're awful at it, especially the Lakers. Guys that are should not have no business taking a three-pointer are taking not just one, like four to five, six a game. And that's just absurd to me. It's a bad shot. Usually they they end up with a fast break the other team because when you take a bad shot like that you you usually having guys already running towards the other end of the basket of the of the hoop. That's the first thing. The second thing to me is that Westbrook clearly and I think this is obvious. I mean we we talked about this ad nauseum for you know all all news outlets. We've talked about it. He doesn't fit on the team. And I don't think he's a terrible player. I also don't think he's the type of the type of accolades and the type of, of praise he's gotten, I don't think he's deserving of that either. But he's just not a good fit on this team. LeBron can't shoot. AD for some reason has the yips for the past two years. Markel Fultz up in here. I don't know if the Monstar stole his, his, <laughs> his shooting ability, but something happened with AD. And then, you know, I just think they need to get rid of Russ for for everybody. He will he'll benefit from it. The yeah. Lakers will benefit from it. To answer your question, Sammy, before I, I throw it over to JJ, is that I do think that their defense is a silver lining. They are second in defensive rating. I know it's only been three games, but if they can keep that up, 
and the offense can come along, but I don't think it's going to come along until they trade Westbrook. Then I see the Lakers actually putting on a streak of winning games and winning more games that they're losing. So that's the silver line I could take from it. JJ, you probably have a lot of share the same, a lot of set of the sentiment, but I want to throw a specific question out to you, JJ. Is there a, a situation where the Lakers don't trade Russell Westbrook and they make the playoffs? Is there a situation or scenario? The scenario would be if they could potentially potentially trade those first round picks for a player without giving Westbrook is what you're referring to. And there are a lot of teams that want those coveted first round picks. The, the answer to you is that they probably wouldn't trade those two picks, right? Because like what you've been saying, John, those two future first round picks they're gonna be high because we are projected to see lebron maybe not playing which is what 28 29 am i right fellas 27 and 29 20, 27 29 so mm -hmm. i don't see westbrook being on the team and then making the playoffs unless he comes off the bench and you're able to acquire somewhat of a shooter for the lakers um, it's just Russell Westbrook. It's it's bad it's bad vibes, man. And I agree with you, John. Like you just need to get rid of him. It's it's causing kind of like this negative environment, not just for him but everyone on that team. The body language is bad, and Westbrook because he's under the uh, microscope. It's like everything he does is highly criticized. Even if it's just a basketball play and he just doesn't execute the play, which happens on a nightly basis for every single NBA player. The one thing though is that mid-range shot with 30 seconds left and you're up by one. He's a vet and not even a vet. He's a future Hall of Fame player. Like, like, like that's just inexcusable, man. Yeah, and you don't... You, okay. I'm being very trying to be objective as impartial and impartial as possible. You can't blame Westbrook for the Lakers, all of the Lakers' failures. Mm -hmm. but he makes it pretty easy to criticize him. <laughs> but you are absolutely right that a lot of the players on the team make mistakes, or they miss their defensive assignments, or they're not hitting their shots. I mean, collectively, we're not we're shooting 20% from three, maybe less. I don't know what the exact number is, but. Westbrook is a part of that, but he's also not taking all of those threes. LeBron has been horrible from three-pointer, point land. Anthony Davis shouldn't be taking that many threes, but he is. But a lot of that yeah. also goes back to the spacing. There's no spacing. When you can't hit shots, why would teams not just crowd the paint? They're going to do that. It's, right. it's, it's like a snowball effect. And it just it's offensively, it's one of the most porous, ridiculous, obscene, displays of basketball I think I've ever seen in the last five years, which is saying a lot. Because I've seen was... the Clippers. Sorry, Sammy. Well, that, <laughs> that was so eloquently very Stephen A. Smith of you, the choice of words there at the end of that. But I think this is untenable. I mean, I don't see a scenario. Maybe he's technically on the team, but if he's still there at the 20-game mark, I think he gets sent home. Can I ask you guys a question? Please. Do you think that you know, Sammy, you said that if Russ gets sent home, 
like what John Wall did with the Rockets. Yeah. Do you think that would benefit more for the Lakers? Like what Michael Scott says, subtraction. Uh, yes. Subtraction. Addition. Yeah, subtraction by subtraction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you, John. That, that was the term I had in my, well, not that exact term, but close enough. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I mean, it's not just the basketball fit at this point. Just watching those games, especially when they're playing at home, the vibe in the whole arena is just weird. Like, you can hear fans literally gasping when he's shooting the ball at the end of the game against, I believe it was Portland or the Clippers, one or the other. Fans were heckling him, and he got into it with them at home games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's not a good environment for anybody. It's very uncomfortable. Darvin Ham's going to get asked about it every game until there's some sort of resolution. If you don't want to give up those picks, I, I understand it. But I don't think they can keep trotting him out there because he's unhappy. The team is clearly unhappy. It's reflected everywhere. It's just it's not a good environment right now. So I would be amazed if he's actively playing and even on the bench by call the end of things after thanksgiving give or take because you can't keep going like this that's that's where i'm at so that does lead me into one more question then for both of you i just brought up those picks we've talked about some deals on the table here the main one that keeps getting regurgitated over and over and over miles turner and buddy healed for both picks in westbrook given what you have seen so far if that trade is still on the table, do you make it? And JJ, I'll start this with you. The question is, who do you think is going to be available this summer? One, and if they're and if they're going to be available, did the Lakers have a high chance of signing that player? So we all know who you're referring it. to. You don't have to not say it's, his name. It's it's your your boy, man, <laughs> Kyrie, right? Would Kyrie, LeBron, and AD make a push to the finals next year? I don't know. We, we haven't seen a top-heavy team go far in a while. Yeah. I'll just Probably say that. Probably since the Heat. It would... Uh, yeah. it would the, I mean, LeBron, James, the thing is, is like, it's hard to say. I, the supporting cast would need to be big. And the problem be, with that is you're deep. not going to have any cap space to right. give yourself a deep cast. Exactly. Uh, Unless people take you know. pay cuts. Well, the so only that, person I mean, who could really take the pay cut is Kyrie of those three. No, Unless yeah. you're talking about bringing in players on vet minimum. Players on vet minimum, too. Got it. Like okay. a combination of that or one or the other. But Kyrie is the type of player that would... I, I know, like, defensively, he kind of has his deficiencies, but... And another, among other things that we won't talk about because we can go down a rabbit hole, but LeBron and AD, they would absolutely dominate in the paint, and I have no doubt about it with a guy like Kyrie because what he does more better than anything is he can space the floor. You don't leave a guy like Kyrie out on the perimeter. He will, I don't know what his percentage is from three, but I know he's a knockdown shooter. Like, he's a great shooter for a point guard. And he's one of those guys that can create his own shot he takes the pressure off LeBron and AD. He can facilitate. But it's not, like you said, top-heavy teams aren't thriving anymore. They haven't been thriving. You have to not have a deep, a deep, uh, well-balanced team. And I don't know if Lakers would have that unless, again, somebody took a pay cut. Here's my problem with that combination, too. 
with where LeBron is at in his career, with how AD has been in his whole career, as has Kyrie, combined between the three of them, are you getting more than 150 games during the regular season, realistically? Because if you've got three max players and you can't rely on any of them to play at least 75% of the games, that depth that you were just talking about is going to get tested really fast. I actually think they're better off signing a couple of players between 15 to 20 million and building out the depth more so than going top heavy. I really think at this point in the careers of Davis and LeBron, you need a couple of players you know are going to play 70, 75 games. And we know that that's not Kyrie. So for me, I know he wants to go there and he claimed he'll go there for the mid-level. I don't buy that for one second. I think he would want whatever the most they could give him is. I don't like the fit. I like it on the court, but I don't like the chemistry dynamic and I don't like the injury history between all three. JJ, what do you think? Yeah, we've, we've talked about this. Like Kyrie, you can't depend on him. LeBron is reaching his 40s and 80. John's favorite. Can't even watch him on TV, man. He's on the bench. Yeah. So, so we'll see what happens. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Westbrook is on the team one way or another by by Thanksgiving, and we'll go from there. If he's on the team after that, we all know that Lakers are tanking for Wemben Yama. <laughs> see, the problem Number with that, baby, <laughs> is I think the Pelicans have Pelicans your Pelicans have your pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, you ignore everything I just said about that, then, the last 30 seconds. What we can all imagine, though, is a Pelicans team with one Benaya, and, uh, yeah, that's that's not good. So, Lakers, let's let's win, like, a game here or there, thanks. <laughs> uh, moving on to Kyrie and the Nets on the opposite end of the spectrum. Ooh. The Lakers don't play offense. The Nets play no defense. They are the worst defensive rating in the league by about three full points. They won and two, but in the two games they lost, they've basically been blown out. Ben Simmons in three games has 14 fouls and 15 points. He has not been great defensively, which we anticipated he should be. Jaw had one off for 38 points against him. Both he and Bain shot better than 50%. And on top of that, I don't know if you both saw the end of that game. Jaw baited Simmons into fouling out with a recollection of something that happened his rookie year when Simmons was on the Sixers and he reached in for a ball and actually got it. So you can see the rest with Simmons. Right now, the Nets have an all-time high, 12 players with G League experience. Talked about depth. It's clearly lacking on this squad. In addition, I want to roll this into one other point. They've only sold 5,500 season tickets this year, which is dead last in the NBA. That's so, sad, dude. So the fans clearly not excited about a team with a top three player on it. So let's go. Let, let's talk about it here. The top end talent seems like it's there, but after what we've seen, what's the outlook right now? What do you guys think? Let's start with JJ here. Outlook doesn't look good. Uh, let me go ahead and comment on the ticket sales. You have two, arguably, you know, the most exciting players in the league in Kyrie and Katie. Mm-hmm. And you're dead last for a new stadium in New York, in the borough of Brooklyn. You know, that screams to me, John, 
that no one wants to invest in a PSL and a season ticket because one, Kyrie has been flaking on them. Two, KD can't be trusted because he requested a trade. And their third star who was Harden last year was promised to play and he got traded for a guy who's scared to take a layup or dunk in the key. Do you agree with that or what? I mean, why do you think the ticket sales, season ticket sales for the Nets are so low, man? That's crazy to me. Maybe, maybe nobody can afford it anymore because of how bad, how bad inflation is. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> let's let's reel this one in, right? Here. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I mean, that that was just. I don't think that's the case. I mean, people are going to spend... No, 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 I get you, though. Attendance. Yeah, that was just a joke, but... Yeah. The Nets, I don't... I think a lot of people were turned off by what happened in the offseason. I mean, mm-hmm. KD demanding a trade, and it was just ugly. I mean, Kyrie, obviously, is all of the court antics. You have Ben Simmons, who was reluctant to play basketball, even though he could have played in the last year for, you know, for valid or valid reasons assuming that they're you know he's being real about his 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 condition but like the nets are yeah three games in they're a dumpster fire the lakers are a dumpster fire and i'm sure all the nba fans across the globe not in california or not in new york are loving it so kudos to you i hate you all no (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, man, the, the Nets, I don't know, man, they're, they're, I, I kind of sense it too, because like, I'm not a Nets fan, but I just don't, there's not an, ex, like, do you guys get excited to watch them? Back in the that past, maybe I was when they first got together, I was intrigued, but now it's kind of just lost its lust and its allure. I don't know, maybe that's just me, or maybe I'm just going with the narrative, but I truly feel that way. It's not, it's not exciting to watch them anymore, at least for me. You know, a little bit of it for me is that if you look at those three players, don't they all feel just a bit entitled to both of you? For sure. Like, in a sense. And that's kind of a turnoff. Simmons, like you said, sat out the whole year. I understand where it's coming from, but the bottom line is he got paid $30 million last year and didn't pick up a basketball, basically. We know all about Kyrie. KD not only tried to get a trade, he tried to get his coach and general manager fired. Mm-hmm. So, just, it doesn't feel like any of them want to be there as much as anything. And if they don't want to be there, why should the fans want to be there to watch them, you know? So, they could easily turn it around. But just also, with what you were saying, John, about LeBron and KD, like, I hate the fact that their teams seem to be so irrelevant because they're such special players. And I want to watch them play where it matters, you know? Like, I don't want to see them throw away like this. Even if LeBron is the Laker and we always joke about that, the league is better when its top players are playing important games. And so for both of those guys to be playing these games that, like you said, three games in, things could turn around, but on the surface doesn't look like it's going to. It's that That is not good for the league and for us as fans. Like, they're... We're not going to want to watch the Lakers play the Nets in March when both teams have 30 wins at the pace they're both going, right? It doesn't matter. When we when we anticipated two years ago, that looked like everyone's finals pick, didn't it? Just over a year yeah. ago? That was the finals pick for that a lot of people. That was the finals pick, yeah. and look where we are now. Like, it's crazy. So, 
I, I have know a it's conspiracy early. theory. Oh, sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, go, go. Let's hear it. <gasps> I just wanted to see what you guys thought about this, which I want to give props, but I heard that the Celtics are open in um, releasing Udoka if he finds another job. Do you think that the Nets should go for Udoka and fire Steve Nash since Steve Nash is on the hot seat? I don't know. The Nets have such a functional and uh, non-dysfunctional organization so far throughout the offseason. They're, they're <laughs> firing on all cylinders. I don't know if they want to add a troublemaker like Udoka. I'm being very sarcastic here in case anybody did not pick <laughs> that up. Um, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think their coaching is really... Like, Nash isn't great, but I don't... Their personnel is really not well balanced obviously with 12 g leaguers here they have 12 on their team all-time high 12 dude that's yeah, 12. crazy 12 shanghai future shanghai sharks and so <laughs> you guys like their issue is yeah they, they just top heavy and they're not getting along they have their off-court issues i'm i'm curious the nets are one and two it's still early but if they continue to lose games and if they're trending in a way that's not going to make the playoffs, do you guys think it's likely that they revisit the Kevin Durant trade sweepstakes? Because I do. I think if the value is there, they will in a second. The question is going to be, are they going to lower what they were apparently demanding in the offseason? Because mid-year, who's going to give up the assets that they were asking for? But if they can get what they deem as proper value, I 100% think they would trade him. It makes sense, right? I mean, where is this team going all of a sudden? They seem rudderless with no direction, you know? Kaminga and Moody for KD. Make it happen. <laughs> I, feel like Sun, I, feel like the, I feel like the Suns could come up with a package about centering around Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, maybe like Cam Payne, and like a handful of picks. I don't know. I think if they did Bridges and Johnson, that would be very interesting. And some and some draft compensation, like two or like three or three picks or something. Like I would that. say three picks and maybe a swap or two. Yeah, because I, that I way mean, you're that's... keeping everybody except for Bridges. Durant steps into that spot. Cam Johnson's a nice player, but he is replaceable. So yeah, and anytime you can put, I mean, like I mean, the Suns would still pretty, be pretty. I mean, Aiden, KD. Then you're looking Paul at Aiden, Booker. KD, Booker, and Paul. The only thing that you're worried about with that team is durability. Yeah, but and. Frankly, will Katie be happy there? Because it won't be his title again. Frankly, but it would be it would be Booker's. I think that would be honestly we won't get into it, but I feel like that would be closer. Like the perception around that would be closer than it would be if it was when it was Katie and Steph. Just I agree. Because Steph yeah. is like an all-time great, and I, I Booker agree is not there. there yet. But I almost wonder, and I'll just make one last point and just ask what you guys think on this. Is KD at the point in his career where if he gets traded somewhere, if, unless they turn things around in Brooklyn and he wins it there, if he gets traded anywhere and wins a title, is it his title? Like, if you think about the contenders that would trade for him or even the top-end teams, let's throw them out here really quick. The teams that were talked about, Boston, Phoenix, the Warriors, throw Miami out there. Memphis. Memphis. If he goes to any of these teams... Thinking about John Moran, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. Ooh, guys, we have a surprise visit. 
Ready? First time in the pod ever. Joining. Oh. <laughs> Joining mid pod. Uh, yeah. What up? Joining mid pod here mid-pod. is our last hooligan. Welcome, welcome, June. Thank you for joining us. Yo, what's up, everybody? What what what, hap- what happened there? Did we uh did you did you did we get canceled by you? Feeling did good. You put our... Feeling sleepy. <laughs> How are you? Um, so, Sammy, drop of, your question, man. So, for Turn. all of all of you listening out there, just so you know, it is ten thirty. We all have day jobs. We record rather late, and uh, three of us were gathered at the Niners Chiefs game over the weekend, and we went a little hard. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, so that being said, June, step on in, and uh, you can answer this question that I just dropped before we move to the next topic. Talking about Katie. And just how the next season has been a disaster so far. Oh, no. John asked if they revisit the trade demand. One, would he get traded? But the, the other question that I laid into was, let's say he gets traded to any of the teams talked about in the offseason. Phoenix, Boston, Memphis, any of those squads. And they win a championship. Would it still, would it really be Katie's title? Or would he still not get credit the way he did in Golden State? I don't think he's ever going to get credit like that. Agreed. It, 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 it would never happen like that. I think this Nets team was probably his only chance. And now he's going to look like he's just homie hopping for a championship. I'm and I think that's, that. that's the way it's going to end. That, that's my thought, too. I think Brooklyn's the only spot. And if he doesn't win it there, then even if he wins two more rings, he's going to have four rings and everyone's going to have an argument against any of them being like his. The only exception yeah. is if he went back to OKC and they put pieces around him and they won a title. That would be the only exception. In then my I would book. stand and argue that it's Shea Gilgis Alexander's championship and Kevin Durant <laughs> is just riding his coattails. No, you're probably right about that. Or if they that. expanded the team and you went to the Supersonics. Oh, oh back yes. to the rookie years. That would be bring, back to bring back the Supersonics. Come on, Adam. Silver. Nice. <laughs> with that, let's hear for a word with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make a five any five dollar bet money money line bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. And make five a $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and elig- eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. With that, let's, let's get back to it. And we're going to talk about some other surprises to start the year. So I'm going to lay out four different teams for you guys. Ask the question, which early symptom and which record is true to what the team actually looks like? Here are the four teams. We've got the Busted Bucket's own Portland Trailblazers opening 4-0 with Dame shooting better on average percentage on ISO shots than the NBA average for free throw percentage. Insane start for Dame. The thought-to-be-tanking Utah Jazz have opened at 3-1. The Heat have opened at one and three, and the Spurs have opened at three and one. So four major surprises out of the block. I will open this with June. Who's the surprise on that list for you? 
man. <laughs> or who's the biggest surprise? Because they're all surprises on some level. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, these are all like pretty big surprises. Um. You know, we know, we know. If whatever you say, we're gonna know if you're lying or not. So yeah. go for it. Go ahead. Even though the Portland Trailblazers are really surprising at four and zero, I think eventually they're gonna be a five hundred team at like Low. by the end of the year. I think they'll be right at five hundred, um, because that team is actually looking pretty good. Like the chemistry is like strangely working. The Jazz, dude, at three and one, I don't think this is gonna last, right? You trade mm-hmm. away your star players in uh, Rudy Gobert and um, what's his name? My brain's sleepy now. Donovan, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Thank you, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. And for some reason, this team has better chemistry. They're they're gonna find a way to get rid of as many pieces as possible for Wembenyama. Um, I don't think that's going to last until the end of the year. So I, I think it would be the Utah Jazz here. All right. John, your thoughts? Um, I'm going to go with the Trailblazers because that's what June was supposed to say, but I'm going to say it for him <laughs> on his behalf. <laughs> I'm going to say the Blazers, but I do agree with him. I think that the Blazers are going to tail off. And 500, I could see them being at 500 by the end of the year. I could also see them being below 500. Dame shooting the, at the pace he's shooting and at the efficiency he's shooting at, especially with the shots that he's taking. I don't know if anybody's been watching the games other than Blazer fans, but he, I saw highlights and he's taking absolutely ridiculous shots that he makes generally, and he makes more than the average player, but not at the clip that he's currently shooting at. That's not sustainable. At least I'm pretty confident it's not. So. That's going to tail off. Anthony Simons is a player. I love that kid. But I think he's also going to... Um, he's putting up insane, crazy numbers right now. And But I got to give him credit. I mean, like, 4-0 is a great start. But how many times in the NBA each season have we seen a team that we did not think was going to be at the top of the seedings for the first week or two? And then all of a sudden, they lose, like, nine in a row. Washington I could, last to- year. I could totally yep. see that with the Blazers. Um, so I'll reserve judgment. But... You know, they are the most surprising because I did not think they were going to be 4-0, not even close. I would agree on the sense of I didn't expect them to be 4-0 either. JJ, your thoughts? Well, I hope this doesn't turn into the Wizards of last year who were 10-3 and for the first 13 games. But guys, the Spurs, totally surprised at 3-1. They are in the sweepstakes for next year's draft, but... They won three straight road games, and the last game that they won was against the Timberwolves with mm. Anthony Efforts, who was mentioned in our last pod, who was a dark horse for MVP. Super crazy that they went to Minnesota, they beat them, and give our props. Sorry, I regret saying this a few pods back, but has Coach Pop lost his juice? Doesn't seem so. He's proving all the doubters wrong. So they they need to fire his ass. They're not gonna get Wembenyama <laughs> at this rate. I I know. Like they tanked for um, Tim Duncan, right? 
So yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, once Robinson went down for the year, they called it a season. They called it a season after that. So you know, that's everyone thought their mo was to tank to get that first pick next year. But dang, three and one. All right, all road games, pretty crazy. They also beat Philly in Philly, the game before Minnesota. So. Uh, major ups to him. I should have ignored Pop and made that large championship bet on the Spurs I was debating <laughs> before he told me not to. But <laughs> I think. I'm gonna, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I'm going to say that, like, with the Spurs, we all just mentioned it. Like, it, it's Greg Pop, right? Right. That's probably the person that you could point it to. Yeah. But I think John's a little right with the Trailblazers, where it's like. It's super duper surprising because I everyone was thinking that Chauncey Billups might have been a horrible hire, mm-hmm. and he's sure like proving us wrong, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone expected that. Anyway, yeah. go, go ahead. Yeah, and I, but I'm sure at minimum, I mean, they're gonna they'll likely be in the plan. And will they get higher than that? We'll see. I mean, they would have to hop some teams we didn't think they would, but gotta give them props, man, for that start. I got to go look at Utah, though, too, on this list, because we know the the playbook has literally been written by Danny Ainge on what he does when he comes into a new team, which is trade all the stars and intentionally try to lose. I legitimately think he might be upset about this. I don't think he wants to be 3-1. <laughs> I think he wants to be 0-4. So. Yeah. The the Jazz players on the broadcast said that they're playing with joy. Yeah. And I'm, you know, hinting at my Laker fans over there. Yeah, I'm to trade Westbrook. What do you What do you mean? We're playing with absolute joy. Have you guys Have you seen the games? You look You look happy, John. I'm you, happy no, for you. I'm super happy because, uh, you know, you ruined my happiness because I thought that the Lakers had their first their first round pick, but now they don't. So now I'm more depressed than when I started the, the episode. And that's Thanks, what we're Sammy. here for to bring the joy. Um, Danny Ainge is looking at this team and like, man, I'm good. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, Why am much. I so good? Who can I trade next? So, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson will probably be back in L.A. shortly. Uh, I did hear on Bill Simmons' podcast today, he actually thinks this is where Westbrook ends up ultimately. For who, I have no idea. But it's, uh, I think Bogdanovich is still on the team, right? But the Sal- No, he got traded to Detroit right before the season started. Oh, that's right. So some combination of Clarkson, Conley, Sexton... Anyone generally there with a pulse? Because that's not what they're looking for in Utah right now. Um, (laughs) So we'll see, man. But I can't imagine that one holding up for sure. In regards to the Heat, you just got to give Spo his respect. You just assume they're going to pull together, right? That—that's my thought. Is that they'll figure it out? Do you guys agree with that? I think they'll pull it together. Yeah. It's Jimmy Butler's dreads. They got in the way of his shot. Cut your hair. Cut your hair. Cut, go back to the norm, the haircut, the flat top. I think a little less hair, a little more big face coffee. Yes. Uh, so you'll notice that we did not put one team in particular on that list because we also felt like they needed their own segment. That being our friends in Philadelphia, opening oh. one and three, actually opened one three themselves, finally got their first one against Indiana on uh, Monday. So, Embiid clearly doesn't seem happy. He uh, had a quote after one of the games saying, I mean, from the fans' perspective, they probably wanted me to be traded and the whole team to be sent down to the G League. To me, there was no pressure. So, the other thing I noticed watching this team is it feels like they are running like the 2016 Rockets now, and they're going through Harden more than Embiid. Yep. Which is 
Shocking. MVP. Just get some more wins, baby. So, let's go. So let's. Well, so one, we can see if that happens. Oh uh, but <laughs> let me throw this out from a couple different perspectives. Get your guys' thoughts here. So, first of all, the obvious question: Who's to blame for the start? And going along those lines, and there's plenty of candidates on that question, so I'll, I'll start there really. We already Secondly, know what JJ's going to say. There are whispers you know. in a few different spots and reputable sources saying that Embiid might, might have some wandering eyes. Okay. Is mm. there a scenario where Joel Embiid is not on this team by the start of next season? Okay. So with both of those questions, the blame and will Embiid... Do you see something happening with Embiid if it gets bad enough? Let's kick this one off with JJ. Ooh, the blame game. I love it. You know who to blame? Stock Heck Rivers, coach, baby. baby. <laughs> they, they are pretty stacked with top-heavy talent. Mm -hmm. um, you see them run the sets, and you see that you they're drifting from what you were saying, Sammy. They look like the 2016 Rockets, which, you know, the 2016 Rockets went to a Game 7 with the Warriors okay um, what's going on is that Doc Rivers his coaching style is just outdated let's just put that out there you can't run a high pick and roll with your center and then have Harden play iso ball and then when he's on defense just stand there like that's not a winning recipe in today's league you need at least a player that tries on defense and I know John Harden is your MVP pick, and he has been playing at an MVP level, but they got to find a way to make Embiid as the number one. Is there a way that Doc could space out the floor where Embiid could take all the attention and have Tobias Harris, Harden, and Maxi play off of him? Because I haven't seen it. And it just shows you that, you know, all those... Clipper series, it's like, what the hell is going on? There's no offense. There's no um, no second half uh, changing or strategy. It's just like these rotations are jack. Like I'm seeing the same struggles that the Clippers had with Chris Paul, Blake, and DeAndre Jordan. And it's kind of scary because that Clippers team, that was wasted talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys see like you guys probably can't see it because you're listening to the pod but Sammy's like crying right now it's like PTSD <laughs> watching his old yeah. Clipper team and you know JJ Philly had is to a, bring it up yeah the, sorry Sammy but I'm making a point that the Sixers are heading on the same roadmap as your dear old Clippers and it's Doc's fault he's the chef in the kitchen with the right ingredients but he's not making the appropriate dish. How short is his leash right now, in your opinion? <sighs> I'm going to say all-star break. Wow. I'll be honest with you. I, I think it's sooner than that. I think, if, I think if this team at the 15 to 20 game mark, if they're like 7 and 10, I think he might be gone. With who? It, it, it's definitely With who to replace like, him? Yeah. John. Tony's a consultant on that. Yeah, Tony. I'm just going to throw yeah, it out Tony? there. Yeah, John, go ahead. Sorry, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I agree with you. I think it's it's definitely Doc Rivers because one thing is like when you have that much talent, you have to find a way to make it work and win games. Absolutely. And the second part of that is that the Sixers are 21st in defensive rating this year. 
Granted, it's a small sample size in three, four, three or four games, but defensive schemes and changes and making making um, adapting in the game is what make makes a good coach. And Doc Rivers is not doing that. Also, like they're just Joel Embiid is also not be, is not is not a great defender this year so far. His defensive rating is not even top 10. And for a big man, I think that is, you absolutely need to be up there. Giannis is number one. I mean, he's always been a great defensive player, but like Joel Embiid, for whatever reason, I mean, it may not only be his fault, but he's not playing great defense. And, and collectively as a team, they're not playing great defense. So I think, and they had lost a close game to the Bucks by two points. They lost to the Spurs, which they shouldn't have. They lost to the Celtics, which, you know, that's not surprising. Celtics are a great team. But they shouldn't be one and three. They should be at least two, five hundred, or even three and one. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's on the coach so far. So I think with, I'm with Sammy. I think he has on a short leash, and Doc Rivers is like, when are teams gonna start figuring it out, or at least realize, man, Doc Rivers has been fired a lot for a coach, <laughs> for a top fifteen coach of all time. Doc Rivers has been fired. I mean, am I wrong? With, with has been fired talent, a lot for a top 15 coach like maybe he's just not that great of a coach can we i mean come on like are, people need to wake up sorry that's just my take on it i know we don't we don't mean to like for the listeners here we don't mean to start this rumor early but we also mean to start this rumor early <laughs> where it's like d'antoni the successor right is already is already on the team he's already part of the staff Right, and everyone's thinking it. Um, what's his name? De- uh, who, who put together the, that uh, Clippers team? More oh, no, the, the, the the Rockets. Rockets. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Okay, he's bringing he's bringing the the band back together. Right <laughs> after this sort of start, right? Yeah. Like Avengers Assemble. That this is the way he's thinking about it. I mean, PGA Tucker's already on the team too, so it's like, who's to blame here? course i think doc rivers but also joel man joel you're a leader you're gonna call the rest of your team a g league level team like i get it okay i get it that that you're upset that you lose to the celtics but it's an it's an acceptable loss it's an acceptable loss that you lost to the bucks the one where it's like head scratching that we were just singing praises to the last segment was the san antonio spurs you should mm-hmm. not be losing that team. And Joel, if you want to be the leader, right? You can't do this Ben Simmons thing all over again. You can't call out people like that. So I'm I'm shooting some blame here to Joel Embiid because if anyone is going to make this work, it's got to be the leaders on the team. That's so Joel, fair. I'm I'm looking at him. Okay. And that's 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 very fair and I think that is very reasonable, frankly. You guys brought up one thing I want to follow up with on one point. You're mentioning that Daryl Morey is basically getting that band back together. So the second part of what I had mentioned previously is that there are some very, very light rumors and smoke that Embiid is a little unhappy. If they bring in Harden's coach after bringing in all of his old teammates and basically catering to him, do any of you think that pushes Embiid out the door just a little bit more? Potentially? I feel like Embiid is going to stay. And I feel like he wants to be a 76er and make it work. Unless 
is literally traded without his consent. What do you guys think? Um, I wouldn't put it past Embiid to leave the Sixers. I, I have this thought that he'll always be a Sixer, but we've seen crazier things happen. Look at KD. No one thought that he would leave OKC, and he left. And when you have Harden, who doesn't really match his playing style, you see Harden's coach that might get hired. You have Harden's GM that champions him. It's like, hey man, I thought this was my team. It's kind of weird. Joel Embiid yeah. could uh, he could join the Adelaide 36ers in Australia with Ben Simmons, <laughs> who will probably be there soon. Well, we know they'd be favored over the Suns. That happens, so you know. I don't know why. I just I don't think he's gonna get traded right now either. So let me let me preface this with that. But if it comes up and it becomes a possibility, for some reason I have this feeling that New York is gonna come calling, and the Knicks, as almost like a re- reactive response move to not getting Mitchell, will do anything it takes to get him. And they do have a mix of assets that might be able to pull it off. If this happens, I don't think it happens till the offseason. Let me preface, let me say that as well. But we will see. So with that, actually, that's going to be it for our episode today. I want to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all. John, thanks for being on as always. Thank you, and thank you to Roe for joining mid-pod. <laughs> Interrupting. I'm kidding. It's always great to have you on, on the episode. And our, special, and our special pop-in guest. Thank you for being on, Ro. <laughs> Thanks for having this, Sammy. Thanks to everyone else. JJ with the outlines and, of course, John with the humor. What's up? Yeah. What's up? What's up? We'll set the alarm next <laughs> well, time, all right? I'll set you. I'll set the alarm know, for right? you. Nice. I want to shout out RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and follow us on, on Twitter at Clinic All-NBA. And now that we are one week away from the election in California, if you're so inclined and want legal online gambling in the state, please vote for Prop 27. It's not looking good, but every vote helps. With that, we'll say goodnight and we'll see you next episode. Thanks for joining.